Welcome back to Strange Stories with the Seeker and the Skeptic. Our guest today is the wonderful Stephanie Meeker. Stephanie is a seeker from my hometown, and she is the owner of Angels Light Healing, where she does tarot and numerology readings, Reiki sessions, and teaches an assortment of classes. I've had several tarot readings with Stephanie throughout the years, and they were always spot on. And then I think it was two years ago, we did a numerology reading, and holy moly, (laughs) I just remember sitting in you know my office with you and being like oh my god you just explained me to myself doing that numerology reading so yeah I'm very excited to talk to you today so thank you for being with us thanks for having me I'm so I'm wicked excited awesome (laughs) so tell us about like your journey to doing all this to reading tarot doing numerology like where did it start what did that path look like for you So, I mean, it technically started when I was in my early 20s, but I think it really started when I was little. Um, And that's actually something that was verified by my first numerology reading as well, which sounds kind of weird. But um, I always, my mother would tell stories that I always had my imaginary friends. And not only did I have my imaginary friends, but they went with me everywhere that I went. They were assigned certain places to sit near me, no matter where we were. Um, They had names. I don't remember the names. Um, But essentially, during my first numerology reading that I had done, um, she was like, yeah, you probably had a lot of, um, and she did the whole air quotes, imaginary friends when you were little, because those are your guides. So... I suppose that it's just always been a thing with me, but the journey that I'm on now started um, when I was about 22. Um, My best friend and her mom were going to take a tarot reading class. Um, And it was actually at a local community college, um, which was just so incredibly random. Um, And I, we took the class and it was like, I don't remember, maybe five weeks or something like that. And the obsession began. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Just totally drew you in. It did. And, and I went from, you know, anybody who would sit in front of me, I would sit down and, you know, pull cards for and, and starting to see like how easily I could access information (sighs) and how intense some of the messages could be and how much fun I could have doing it at the same time. Um, you know, that was, that was a big part of it for me as well. So, and then I started dabbling and reading and, and shortly after that was when John Edward actually kind of came on the scene and he was the first like psychic that people saw on TV. You know, Mm -hmm. he was the first dream guy that I ever remembered seeing. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like this is actually, I could maybe do so. That's, I think, where it started. Yeah. I remember, yeah, when he first came on on TV and, and watching him and just being fascinated. I don't know if anything's come out. Like, he's legit, right? I've never heard. Or of, I mean, I've heard people be like, oh, he's a, he's a you know, a scammer, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've seen him twice in person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I can tell you the first time I saw him, I, I got fourth row seats. 
And I was like, I don't need a reading. I just want to see him uh-huh. I'm in his presence. And I want to feel his energy. And when that man walked out on the stage, his energy was like a freaking tidal wave. Uh-huh. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I, I think he's legit. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I have no way to prove it either way, but I think he's legit. And Yeah. But you're intuitive and you could feel that his presence. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He was amazing. Absolutely. What what was it about tarot that just like got you hooked after taking that class? What was it about it? The bond with my cards. Um the ability to look at this, you know, shiny piece of paper for all intents and purposes, right? And see so many different things in one particular card at any given time depending on what what I was being drawn to Mm -hmm. Um, and I love using the cards also because I can read anybody with the cards I can read my mother or my best friend and prove to them with the pictures and the cards like I'm not making this up I'm not telling you that this is a fabulous card. You know, if it's the devil card, (laughs) obviously it's not all sunshine and roses or vice versa. Like I can point to them and show them like, this is where I'm getting my message from. And I can do that with anybody. Mm -hmm. And I have read my mother and I have read most of my best friends. Although I have had two best friends in my life that will not ever let me touch the cards (laughs) near them. (laughs) (laughs) What are they afraid of? Do you know? Um, so one who has actually passed on was afraid of that she would know about her death. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really, really long time before she passed away. Um, and the other one just is not into this stuff. She's just not, it's not her thing. Mm-hmm. Now that she will share everything that I post on Facebook she will share all my stuff. She is a wicked cheerleader. I love her to pieces. She is magnificent. Just has no interest in getting readings done. Huh? And that's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Not for everybody. No. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's good to have friends that are supportive of the things you're into, even if it's not like their deal. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, along the way, I, you know, well, case in point, the two of us. I've made friends along the way that have had, you know, I have these similar interests as far as readings and Reiki and all the things. It's nice to have somebody who's not mm-hmm. into that same stuff. Yeah. But yeah, we support each other no matter what. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you need friends for all the different aspects of your life. Like I was just saying to Jonathan, you know, I'm really like, I'm writing a lot. I'm trying to publish a book. And I'm like, I need writer friends. Like I have like my yoga friends and I have my like Reiki friends, you know, I'm like, I need a, a different community now, you know? So I agree. Like you have to have people for all the different parts of your life. Same. I've been dabbling in writing a little bit too. And um, I had one with a friend of mine who's a published writer and not even intentionally picked her brain, but she's just, you know, you just get into a topic that you love to talk about and it was so beneficial for me um because i'm definitely a, a want I, I gotta stop saying a wannabe writer i'm a writer i'm just not a published writer <laughs> yeah well hey 
we can definitely chat more about that. I would love to. I I need writer friends. So that's awesome. So tell us about like your process for reading cards. Like, is there a specific kind of like ritual you go through? Like, what does that look like? So in the beginning, you know, I was very meticulous about making sure that I was closing off my energy to unwanted, you know, and going through the meditation and setting my intention. And it, after doing readings for 20, I don't want to admit how many years, <laughs> um, at this point, it's really when I pick up my cards and I start to explain to my client what, what to expect, it automatically initiates my process but it's taken a really long time for that to build up so yeah at the beginning you know I would go through asking my guides and and the you know the the client's guides to protect us and give us information for their in their best intentions and and those kinds of things but it, it has really turned into over the years just as soon as I set myself down in my space I have my certain crystals that I use for protection and for, you know, guidance and things like that. When I, that is the ritual now for me and not, um, it's not as in depth as it used to be once upon a time. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense that it's like your guides kind of already know what you're going to do when you sit down now, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not new. So it's like, you don't have to go through all the same steps to call them in. Like they're already there and you yeah. probably have, you know, open that channel wide, wider through the 20 years that you've been doing this so that it's easier to just connect in. Yeah. Much easier. And it's, it's also much easier to disconnect as well, mm -hmm. um, which was a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. You know, when I first started doing parties, you know, it's one thing to sit down with a couple of your friends and do a few readings, but then, you know, to start doing readings in bulk, you know, to do 10, 12, 14 readings in a day. Um, and, you know, and I would go through what I called my psychic hangover. Yeah. And had exhausting. To, yeah, absolutely. At a soul level, exhausting. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I had to learn, you know, first it had to be salt, salt baths. I would have to go home and, and draw myself a, a salt bath and lay in that for a little while. And then, you know, I would get to the point where I wouldn't have to do that every time. Um, only if I had like a taxing reading or <clears throat> if I had to travel a lot to get back home from a party. Um, sometimes that was taxing, you know, one on top of the other, that stress one on top of the other. But now it's like, I, the guides kind of take it all away when I, finish they kind of take it all away mm -hmm. um and it you know again it took a long time to get there but i shouldn't even say it out loud it's been a while since i've had my little psychic hangover <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i the first time you did a reading for me was at maureen's party and oh wow i yeah and i remember like how many people did you read that day it was like 10 of us or more and I'm like I can't even imagine how you did that back to back to back it was all day long 
that's how I have to do it though. If I take a break. Um, and I always tell my host, my host or my hostess, like you have to feed me, (laughs) like I'm an infant. (laughs) You have to make me stop and put food in my hands. Um, because in order for me not to get like that, um, that drop in energy, it is important for me to just keep doing back to back to back to back to back. Um, and the, I hate to say it, the older I get, the less readings I can do in a day now. So mm-hmm. I really have to stay on top of like keeping that energy level, you know, that high vibration energy level up and going and pretty much staying doing the readings continually is, is the one way for me to do it. Yeah. Interesting for sure. When you're reading, like, what is the role your guides are playing in those readings? So when I describe my readings to my clients, I will kind of explain the process that, you know, I ask my guides to find the information that's going to best help the person that I'm reading for. My guides then communicate with that client's guides. And I always joke that it's like a psychic game of telephone. You know, that game that we played in like kindergarten, you know, you whisper one thing and then so it would be, you know, your guides whispering to my guides and then my guides have to figure out how to communicate to this simpleton human being (laughs) (laughs) what the information is supposed to be. Um, And a lot of times it comes across as song lyrics or pop culture references or some sort of a reference in my own personal life so that I can understand what the person is going through or what I'm supposed to explain to the person um, that I'm reading for. And of course the cards themselves will trigger all that information. Yeah. If I'm getting a specific song, it, it, the interpretation of the lyric is going to be different, whether I'm looking at the devil card or I'm looking at the sun card, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, the cards are still very useful, but they really are my tool just to open up that link so that I can communicate. Do you have any cards that have like a special meaning for you or do you have any favorite cards? So there's a couple actually. Um, When I, when we took this tarot class, right. Um, in 19, I think it was 98 or 99, right? So let's go back in time, pre-Facebook, pre-Google, pre-any of that stuff, right? Um, you know, you couldn't just jump on Amazon and buy a tarot deck. <laughs> and in the town that we grew up in, you know, the city of Oswego, there was there was only one place that had tarot cards. And it was, I don't know if you remember Katmandu. Oh yeah. Oh, I miss Kathmandu. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we were told, and I don't know who told us because we really didn't know anybody who did tarot readings or anything like that. But we were told you weren't supposed to buy your own tarot deck, right? I've heard that. Yeah. So my best friend and I trekked down to Kathmandu, and I think there was maybe three or four tarot decks on the shelf, right? Um. And I looked at one of them and it had an orange cat on the front. The, there was a, you know, on the, they depicted one of the cards and it was a woman with an orange cat. And Meg, 
looked at the other dock and it had a woman sitting there with a black cat. Well, she had a black cat. I had an orange cat. I grabbed her deck, bought it for her. She grabbed my deck, bought it for me. Um, <clears throat> and the card on the front of the deck was the high priestess. So that's always been my card going forward from that day. You know, obviously there was a reason why it was, I was drawn to the card with the cat, but it's also, you know, the card of the powerful, strong woman. And she's been not just my symbol, but she's been, you know, there to kind of help me get through some stuff too. So the high priestess has definitely always been my card. Um, but there's also a random minor arcana that I just absolutely love in the deck that I use now. Um, so the, the deck that I use now for my professional readings is called Shadowscapes. Um, it's a gorgeous deck. Mm-hmm. and it's I have that one. It's beautiful. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. It has a lot of animal symbolism in it and, and a lot of fairies, a lot of mythical stuff. Um, rumor has it she's putting out an oracle deck mm. in the somewhat near future. Yeah, I can't wait. But in the Shadowscapes deck, the Eight of Pentacles is a spider. Mm. And it always comes out when I'm reading for, sorry guys, when I'm reading for a woman who is having a hard time kind of realizing what her place is, where she is in this world, what direction she's supposed to go in or not very sure of how powerful she is in herself. And that eight of pentacles, the spider energy is just so amazing in reminding us of how powerful we are because the spider, she has literally everything she needs within her. She creates her home from within her. She creates the method in which she catches her food from within her. She creates a safe, secure place for her children from within her. Like, it's such a powerful card. It's become one of my favorites. And and every time I see it in a reading, I'm like, ooh, I got another spider woman. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that. Is that, do you have that interpretation if you're using a different deck for the Eight of Pentacles or is it just specific this deck with the spider energy? Yeah, it's been pretty, I don't know if I were to go back and use another card if I would still get that same energy. Yeah. Um, you know, the the first deck that I ever read was um, <clears throat> Tarot of the Witches. And it's the one that was used in one of the James Bond films. Mm, so. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's it's not a super spiritual deck. Mm-hmm. The minor arcana are literally... Um, sorry, the neighbor's dog is barking. The minor arcana are literally like, you know, the three of swords is just three swords. Mm-hmm. There's no depiction. There's no artistic anything. This is basic. Yeah, oh, pretty, absolutely. Yes. But the second deck that I got was your basic rider weight, like just your run of the mill everyday rider weight. Um, so I don't know if I picked up either one of those decks again to read with, if I would still get that same 
um, energy as, as Shadowscapes mm-hmm. has. But they that deck reads at a much it's a much deeper like spiritual level for me when I use it anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I love that interpretation. And as you were talking, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've gotten that in one of your readings because <laughs> I remember you telling like talking about the spider and building her home and, you know, everything like that. Yeah. So I love that. And I mean, when you look at just like Rider weight, I, I do feel like the interpretation would be some, maybe not, completely different but it's like you know to me it's like you're doing the hard work and you're putting in the effort you know he's like this guy at a bench with his pentacles you know yeah so it's interesting that different decks can kind of give you like a a different vibration a different energy and and which leads to a different interpretation which is very cool absolutely and the fact that you oh sorry go ahead that's why there are 15 gajillion decks out there now (laughs) yeah 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 but so cool too that you have a relationship with the cards and you've seen patterns like you've been doing this long enough and had enough readings where you're like all right this is coming up the spider is coming up in a reading like i know exactly what this is trying to tell me yep oh yeah although every once in a while you thrown get thrown a loop you know there will be times where um you know, for whatever reason, I'm trying to think of what card it was. I did a reading within the last few weeks and I think it was the devil. And there was one particular fairy or something um, in the card in the Shadowscapes deck that just grabbed my focus and didn't completely change the meaning of the card, but really brought a different spin to it that it was much more like specifically somebody being manipulated by somebody who the rest of the world saw as sweet and innocent Mm. so it was more difficult for this person to like explain to others how controlling this other person was like it it was so specific and i you know i've been using shadowscapes now i think I think for about 11 years, 12 years, maybe. So this is not a new deck. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Think that I've seen all there is to be seen, but not necessarily always. So it was, it was kind of cool to, to be like, oh yeah, there's still some newness there, you know, Mm -hmm. all new information to be gotten from this. Yep. I just want to go back to, um, you're saying like the high priestess card has actually or like energy has helped you through some stuff so like in what way like do you work with her or how how has that helped you so once upon a time when i would do readings for myself it seemed whenever i was struggling she would she would come out and you know that was always kind of a draw for me of you know all right you gotta you gotta stop being i hate to use the word weak or wimpy but you know you you gotta stop moping around and stop playing the victim or you know whatever it is that was going on in my life and and it was a reminder of you're more powerful than what you're giving yourself credit for now i said when i used to read for myself because i don't anymore um 
usually how that ends up if I try to read myself now is I'll lay down the spread, curse up my cards, laugh, and then put them away. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't put the work in, the energy in, the time in as I would if I were to read for you, you know? Uh I don't sit and stare and and explain out loud, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's more of a symbol for me, like, the writing thing, you know, I, I need to take that high priestess energy to another level. And I know I have this in me. If I'm being drawn to it, I know I have it in me. So, yeah. you know, stop making the excuses, rise above, you know, in, in the shadowscapes, the high priestess and shadowscapes as well. She's literally just like floating there in the air. And it's such a powerful card and there's there's such a powerful energy that comes off of it um so now it's more embedded in my brain and it it's just one of those things where i know um i have that energy and i need to utilize it in my daily life and which can be hard you know yeah we all have we all have our nine to fives that we have to do our thing in order to pay the bills but we still have to find time to have that that true energy flow and and come out and take over absolutely have you ever done any readings that it was just like something like unbelievable or a crazy synchronicity happened there have been a lot actually through the years um the the funny thing is is that probably about 99 percent of my readings i don't ever remember Mm. the good thing for the person that i'm reading for right Mm -hmm. um I don't, I don't need to carry around the memory of everybody else's stuff. So it's kind of by design. However, there's still always going to be those, you know, like usually it's me sitting across from a total stranger going, okay, I'm going to say this out loud, (laughs) Um, you know, and then asking them if they had already gone through the process of walking in on their best friend in bed with their fiance and waiting for the backlash of oh my god no that would never happen and then hearing oh my god how did you know instead that was Um, tuesday (laughs) (laughs) it it really was one of those like oh my god that just happened how did you know um but there are two that stand out in a really super awesomely positive way for me um the first one was for a very, very dear friend of mine. Um, and looking back on it now, I think she at that time was about the same age I am now. Okay. And I'm 48. So it was my birthday. I was quitting smoking. Like it's literally, I had my last cigarette while I was doing this reading for her. So (laughs) that's just completely random, but, um, so she was only 48, 49, somewhere around there, right? Late forties. And I'm doing a reading for her and I had read for her multiple times before. And the three of swords came out and there are times where I get, you know, information physically where I can feel stuff going on, but it was more of a fear than it was a physical pain. And I just looked at her and said, you've got something going on in your heart. 
Now I'm saying this to somebody who's in their 40s for crying out loud. There's there's no way, A, that she should have been having any heart troubles at that age. And B, there's there's no way that I would have guessed it, you know. Um, But it was a very, very intense feeling. And I just pretty much begged her to promise me that she went to that to the doctor you know within the next however many days and um she did go to the doctor and she did have a blockage and she had to have um you know a little procedure done it wasn't you know it wasn't open heart surgery by any stretch of the imagination but um she tells the story over and over and over and over again through the years and and i really do feel grateful that i was able to get that information to her because she's somebody that plays a very big role in my life still to this day. Um, and I'm just extraordinarily thankful to have that message to, to be able to make sure that she was healthy and taken care of and able to, to advocate for herself to the doctor to say, this sounds crazy, but I have a feeling <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I need to have my heart looked at. Um, so there's that one. And then there's another one that I call my greatest prediction. And it was actually a woman that I went to high school with, but we weren't like super close in high school. Um, We knew of each other and we were friendly, but we weren't, you know, super close and sat down, (laughs) laid the cards out, looked at her and went, um, if you don't want to be a mom, you should really take precautions immediately. And she was like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. I can't get pregnant. Okay. I look at the cards again and I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to say it again. If you don't want to be a mom, you might want to take precautions like right away. And again, she repeated, I've been told I can't have children. Uh, so now at this point, I'm like asking my guides, like, okay, what, what's going on here, peeps? Can, come on. And their response to me is, <laughs> it might already be too late. Oh. And she was indeed pregnant. And she had been told for years and years and years that she could not get pregnant. So I refer to her daughter as my greatest prediction uh-huh. <laughs> i take total credit for her yeah. <laughs> oh my god that's having great done this stuff for as long as you have and having having stories like that do you uh, do you consider this type of stuff for you at least you can obviously you can only speak for yourself it's like everybody can only speak for themselves do you consider this to be um, a, a conduit of channeling for you? To a, to a certain extent, um, for me, it's more of interpreting the messages that I'm getting. Um, so I'm, I'm more of an interpreter, I think, than, than a channeler. Does that make sense? So it's more interpreting the, the information that I'm given. Now, that being said, I actually can channel information from the other side when specifically asked to do so. So I've always kind of explained it like I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a natural medium. 
you know, like we talked about John Edward. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a natural medium. Like it, that's just his, that's his thing. Um, however, he did start using tarot cards. I'll just point that out. <laughs> um, but using a very specific spread for myself and asking for very specific information, I can channel somebody. I can provide mediumship kind of services. Um, but it's got to be a very specific, like, I ask very specific questions so that it doesn't come across as, oh, yes, your loved one on the other side misses you a great deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to make um, it obvious that you're not like just cold reading somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do you have a, a an idea or a theory or maybe a definite, you know, a definite idea of where that would be coming from? Like what, what is the source of this? As far as the channeling or any of it, really, I'm just, I'm always curious about where people feel like these types of things come from. I mean, I, I think it comes from my soul's purpose. I think that that was something that, you know, I decided my, my soul decided coming into this lifetime that, you know, this was a gift I was going to come in with. Um, my guides are extremely close to me at all times. Um, you know, I have some pretty strong spirit guides. I also have some pretty strong an- ancestors. Um, and as far as the channeling itself is kind of ironic and funny that um, after my grandfather passed, my mom's dad, um, that ability became easier for me. And I really feel like hmm. he is a conduit for that aspect of things because he was a social butterfly. And I can like literally see him on the other side going, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. My granddaughter's reading for your son or your daughter or your, oh. you know what I mean? Like I can literally see him being like, come here, come here, come here. No, no, you can talk to her. Come here, come here, come here. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it's interesting how that has kind of opened that ability up for me a little bit more. Um, so I, I do think that that aspect of it comes from from my ancestors. Um, but it's definitely something that was decided before I was, you know, before I entered this plane again, that you know, I was going to have this gift and it was going to have to be used one way or the other. <laughs> mm hmm. So as I said before, you also do numerology readings. And as I said, <laughs> it was very eye-opening for me when you when we had that session together. So tell us, just like give people an overview of like what exactly numerology is, how do people use it? What is this thing? So <laughs> it's funny because the first time I ever had a numerology reading, I had zero idea. Um, on what it was either. Um, there was a little shop that had opened up in downtown Oswego. And one of my coworkers was like, hey, there's going to be this numerologist there doing readings. Um, do you want to get one done? Uh, I don't know what that is, but yeah, sure. What the heck? Um, numerology is um, basically the, the mathematical equation of your name and your date of birth. Um, 
which means that every letter boils down to a single digit number one through nine. Um, and numerology actually dates back to Pythagoras, right? We all remember the Pythagorean theorem. I don't remember what it was. I remember that it's a thing, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, so numerology is pretty ancient. Um, but it essentially is a map to what your soul is here to do, what we're here to experience, what you bring in with, with you from past lifetimes, what your strengths and weaknesses are going to be. Um, it can tell you what to expect in the year to come. It can tell you to expect in the next 24 hours to come. Um, and when I had my first numerology reading, it was the first time somebody looked at me and said, you're psychic. And it, it was such an eye-opening experience. And she explained, she explained me to me. It was, it, it absolutely floored me. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I listened to that recording, um, you know, over and over again going, she really did say that. She did really actually say that. She explained, you know, like why I get so upset when somebody doesn't reciprocate my gratitude or, you know, like my high ethical standards that I have for how you treat somebody that you love or, you know, these different things that I thought was just supposed to be how everybody behaved. It was just my innate way of being. Um, so it, it just absolutely floored me. And I honestly did not want to consider myself to be a numerologist for a really long time. Like I studied it and I would dabble in it here and there, but it took me a really long time to say, yeah, I'm a numerologist also because that first reading was so intense. And the woman who did the reading for me, um, is so well-known and so accomplished and has written her own book and um actually a couple books and um you know trying to hold myself up to that level which is not going to happen um but it it's something that i just found started to come natural in my readings that i'd be in the middle of a reading and be like all right what's your birthday <laughs> And now I'm not looking for your zodiac sign. Like, I want to know what your life path number is. I want to know what your, you know, your expression number is or whatever, you know, whatever I was being drawn to trying to explain to them. Um, so then I did start doing just like flat out readings. Um, and numerology is extremely um, complex. Yet all it really is is addition and subtraction, but there's a great deal behind it. Um, and I normally just work with like the first four or five numbers that you figure out in a chart, because I have to do a lot of research still to do somebody's chart. Whereas um, Alison Bachman is the name of the woman who, um, who did my reading and she's done multiple readings for me in the past. Um, but you know, she can just sit down and look at the numbers and give you all of your information. Mm -hmm. I have to do my research and I have to do, you know, like put it all together. And um, it takes a, a lot of work still for me to do it, but uh, it's so worth it. It's just, it's, it's so worth it. Um, 
because it provides so much helpful information and insight. You know, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the different numbers or like kind of different categories. So you said life path expression. What do those things mean? Yeah. So, I mean, the basics that I use are um, there's a number that comes from your date, month and year of birth. And that's your your life path number. And that number gives you information about your past lives and what you bring in from your past lives into this lifetime. Um, there's another one that is, it takes all of your letters in your name at birth. So if you've been married or adopted or any of those things, it's whatever you were named when you first came into this plane, right? Um, so all of your letters combined are your life path or uh, expression, sorry. Um, and that's basically like what your mission for this lifetime is what you're here to accomplish um then if you add up just the vowels in your in your name that's your heart's desire and that talks about the things that make you happy so like you know all the things that people associate with you you know all those things that are are like your thing that's what your your heart's desire um tells you and then when you add the consonants of your name, that brings you to your outer personality. And that's what you show to the, to the outside world. You know, that's what the average person sees. Um, and then the last one that I work with, and there's a lot more, trust me, there, there's a lot more in depth as far as, you know, different ways to put things together. Um, there's pinnacles or different cycles of your life that you go through and those things. Um, but the last one that I work with is your personal year. Um, we all have a vibration, a specific vibration every year um, based on the day and month that you were born and then the year that you're currently in. So those are the ones that I work with most closely. Um, but like if you were to if you were to have a reading with Allison Bachman or, you know, with somebody who is a lot more advanced than I am in this, they would go through a great deal more detail than, than mm -hmm. I would do. No, it's, that's fascinating. Um, is there any connection with, so it's like numerology, how you're explaining it is, you know, it has to do with like who you are as a person, all like all of that context, but is there any connection with like, angel numbers or, or anything like that with numerology okay. you know and i think that numerology is kind of the basics it's the basic idea behind all of the angel numbers or repeating numbers and things like that like when you look at numerology you break everything down into a single digit one to nine unless it's a repeating 11 or 22 or 33 and those are considered master numbers and they have a higher vibration. Um, and that was <laughs> the, the book that I have um, from Allison is signed to one of my favorite 11s. <laughs> because one of the first things she said to me is, I've never seen anybody with so many 11s in their chart. Like, what are you here to do, girl? <laughs> um, you know, and I still haven't been able to answer that question. Um, but it, it 
it kind of signifies that you have a higher purpose and that you can aim for bigger things and achieve them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of always remember the, the different ones that she would give an example of um, like Ronald Reagan was an 11, um, but so was Hitler and so is Paris Hilton. <laughs> and it's it's interesting because I mean she did this, I was 24. So I mean this was this was 20 something years ago. And she's like, you know, Paris Hilton, and we still still remains to be seen whether she's gonna do anything big. And literally within the last week, I remember seeing somebody posted something about her going um in front of Congress trying to pass some bills to protect children from abuse and neglect and that sort of stuff. So here she goes. there she goes yep i mean i guess that means you need to start writing your book (laughs) you you, but i want to also say you're doing awesome things you know what i mean like you share so much wisdom with people you are a very healing person you know so it's like you're you're living out your 11 life (laughs) i am oh no i am and and i'm I'm thankful for that every single time I get to do a reading for somebody, you know, that's, that's really, I know that's exactly what I was here to do. I know that. Yeah. So I remember when you did um, my reading, you kind of did like the forecast for the, the following year. Cause it was like right at the end of the year. So what number is, so for, we're going into 2024 or actually we're probably in 2024 when you guys are hearing this (laughs) but so tell us about like the energy around like 2024 was what should we expect Ooh, a wild ride (laughs) oh okay (laughs) um yeah so 2024 is going to be an eight year and the eight is generally associated with like prosperity and abundance but it's not like we're all going to win the lottery. It it has to be earned. There has to be work that's put in. Um, you know, it, it's going to kind of be like the TikTok version of, of a year for the whole, what do they say? You know, have the day you deserve. Well, we're all going to have the year that we earn next year. Okay. Um, and it's important when the eight's associated, when the eight's around to remember that failure is a part of success. Like you, you've got to mess it up somehow in order to figure out the right way to do it. Right. Um, so it's not like January 1st is going to come and all of a sudden my book's going to be published and so is yours, you know, yeah. and they're going to be bestsellers, you know, we still have to finish the books. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and then you have to put the work in and you, you know, you, you have to do the work. Um, and it is a very karmic number as well. So you've got to put the work in, but you have to do it the right way. You can't write your book based off of somebody's stolen idea and expect in eight year that you're going to be a bestseller, Right. Um, you know, it, it has to be done in a positive way. You have to follow 
your soul's purpose. You have to follow what you're drawn to in an eight year because that's what's going to pay off. Trying to write another version of, you know, Sarah Maz's books um, <laughs> or more Harry Potter books or more Anne Rice books, like that's not what's going to work. It's got to be, you know, what you're drawn to write or what I'm drawn to write or whatever Jonathan's passion is and what he wants to do, you know, it's following in those, those paths and not just what you think you're supposed to do. Um, so there, it'll be interesting to see <laughs> with the financial weirdness that's been going on in, in, uh, especially this last year. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out on a higher level too. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. It'll yep. be fun. Definitely. Interesting. I mean, it's like the eight of pentacles. I mean, we were just talking about that, you know, and again, mm-hmm. the traditional writer way. It's like, you got to put in the work. You got to actually yeah. sit down and, and do it, you know? And so it's like, I mean, I don't know how much, studying or how much information you know about like the connection between tarot and numerology like is that something that you've you've looked into before so there there's actually i don't have it sit in front of me there i do own a numerology book that has each tarot card associated with a number i'm also not going to say what the book is because i don't find it to be it don't find it to ring true for me okay okay i guess that's the yeah. best way i can put it it mm-hmm. doesn't the information doesn't ring true for me it doesn't mean that it's not true for the person who wrote it um it doesn't ring true for me so yes mm-hmm. there are definitely associations with it um even if you look at the 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 major arcana for tarot and go on those numbers um you know, the one is the new beginning. The magician is the new beginning. He has all of the tools to set forth in his journey to do whatever he wants or needs to do. Um, you know, it, it definitely rings true. Out of curiosity, is that book incredibly old? Um, It's old. I don't know if it's incredibly old. Is it about <laughs> 75 years old? I think um, I know the book you're talking about. Hold on, I'll go look because it's sitting on my desk and across from me. I'll go see. Um, <laughs> hi, kitty. You're the cat. <laughs> Coming close to me, you have to touch me, right? I mean, if you say the name Stephanie, we can always cut it out. So yeah, is it is it Paul Foster Cases Learning Tarot Essentials? No, it's Numerology okay. and the Divine Triangle. I don't think I've come across that one. I, I asked that because Paul Foster Case's um, Learning Tarot Essentials goes through the major arcana and assigns a Kabbalah number to it, like a Kabbalah value. Okay. Um, which is a little different from the Pythagoras thing you're talking about, but there's there are some similarities. Like Kabbalah takes things down to a single number unless it's a repeating number, um, which you know I think one of those traditions got it from the other i don't know which one is older personally i'm I'm not as knowledgeable as uh obviously you are most people about this stuff this i have got you know the the broadest of idea about this stuff yeah this one was published in 1971 so it's just a tiny bit older than me 
Fair enough. But yeah. yeah I was curious. Yeah, it's just one of those things where um I'll use it as a reference once in a blue moon. But only yeah. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Well, and I wonder too, like if it's focus more on like traditional meanings and you you read the energy of the cards and like you're working with your guides and the person's guides you know so it's like maybe that is true if you're just looking it out of context you know but there's so much more that goes into your readings than just what's depicted on the card does that feel accurate yeah and and specifically with the numerology thing the sequence in which they chose to number the cards I don't oh, okay. appreciate. Um, they, they put the fool at the end of all of the major arcana. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, it doesn't flow for me. Yeah. It, it doesn't. So well, I've um, never heard that done before. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, because technically, you know, the fool is a zero card. Right. Um, so I guess they felt they could put it wherever and making it the one. So that's where it's weird for me. Um, I just, I, I don't know if I'd even number the fool. <laughs> so it mm-hmm. just doesn't fit. Um, and, uh, it, it's just never really, yeah. I, I use this book very rarely anyway. Um, once in a blue moon, I use it for. They have a whole breakdown on Edgar Casey in there, and I use it more for that than I than I do the numerology pieces. You know, that's interesting. Um, yeah, interesting. I mean, I will pitch a book if you want me to pitch a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we got one. Actually, an, an, another really cool tarot reading that I did. Um, I had stopped away from doing readings for a little while. And I've done this a few different times in my life um, when I've got some serious stuff going on in my own life and I need to step away from, you know, guiding other people. I take a break now and then. And I was getting back to the point where I felt like I was ready to do readings again and, you know, popped on on Facebook. Hey, who wants a reading? And my numerologist was like me. And I freaked I was like, oh my God, no, I can't read for her. (laughs) You know, like, okay, fine. And the whole time I'm getting ready, you know, getting set up to call her to do my reading for her, I kept hearing, you got to write the book. You got to write the book. Now, this was long before my book ever started coming to fruition. So I knew it was not for me. And, you know, we get into the reading and I'm like, all right, Allison, I got to tell you, I keep getting, you got to write the book. You got to write the book. And she starts laughing. Well, the book has been out for a while now. Um, it's called speaking to your soul through numerology. Um, Allison Bachman is the author. I found it to be, I mean, yeah, I adore her. I absolutely adore her. It's 10 years old. Um, I, I adore her and I, Anybody who can finagle a reading with her, do it. She's magnificent. Um, 
But the way she breaks it down is very user-friendly. Because numerology can be very big mm -hmm. and daunting and kind of scary. And, you know, um, I was working through one of the processes in her book and kind of had a realization for my own life and almost a little bit of an, well, no, it was an, a complete epiphany. Um and completely broke down, just sobbing, weeping, sent her a message going, oh my God, what'd you do to me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but really the insight that you can gain is just incredible. It, it really is. It, if only just to understand why you feel and think and do the way that you do. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when when I had that reading with you, I was just like what? <laughs> <laughs> like like and like you were putting into words things that like on some level I knew about myself, but that I didn't I didn't have the words for. And I was just like like this it was just incredible. So, yeah. it's very cool. It's very interesting. It is something there's so many things I want to learn more about. It is on the list. <laughs> It's just a very long list. <laughs> it is a long list. And it has to, you know, one of my students, I've, I've been trying to reel him back in and go, look at, you can only learn one thing at a time. Yeah. Y you know, reel it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's only 26 hours in a day. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, your brain can only take in one piece of information at a time and actually hold on to it so um you know as i stare at my giant bookshelf of all of my i call them my <laughs> reference material but it's just all the things i want to learn and yeah. use on a daily basis right yeah but you know even tarot is the same way for me i, I feel like i very rarely provide somebody with information that they don't know mm-hmm and the older I get, the more I find this to be true, that I'm more validating that other person than I'm telling them, oh, you're going to meet the man of your dreams. I was never much of a romance reader to begin with, <laughs> you know, although I've been told that I've, I've had people come back to me at later times going, oh, my God, you told me I was going to meet this person and here they are. Um, but especially in the last maybe 10 years or so, I really find that most of my readings have to do with those of us who are hitting our middle age times, trying to figure out what to do with the second half of our lives, realizing that our, you know, I want to be this when I grow up isn't what it was all cut out to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then figuring out what to do with the next 40, 50 years of our lives. You know, um, and I got to tell you, I think that's more satisfying than oh, you're going to meet a man who's tall, dark and handsome. Yeah. We all need that at some point in our lives. But, yeah. you know. There's got to be love, something like that. I love that, you know, that you're saying I'm basically just confirming what you already know. Like, yeah. you know, and sometimes we need that. We sometimes like, I mean. 
I watch tarot readings a lot and part of it is because I want to learn more about tarot and so I find watching people read tarot helps me learn the cards a little bit better but sometimes like especially more in the past like where I was going through a lot of transitions just having confirmation like no Mm -hmm. you're, you're on the right path or nope you really need to be looking at that it just kind of like hits you and you're like okay that's the message I needed to hear so that I can go forward and make the right choices for myself yeah and and being able to look at somebody and say here are your strengths mm-hmm. how we don't hear that often enough yeah so I always I'm always very clear and concise when I do readings like I'm, I'm gonna give you information that you need to hear and if you perceive it as being negative, it's to get you to make changes, you know, um, and probably the number one message that I deliver is you have to take better care of yourself and you've got to stop doing for people who don't deserve your energy. That That's the number one. And to me, I think it's, It's one of the most important things for somebody to hear. Mm -hmm. Especially there's a certain generation of us women that we were brought up believing that we can literally do everything all the time for everyone. We can bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan and da, 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 right? So we have to unprogram our brains and our typical behavior to take better care of ourselves and to take better care of those who really matter Mm -hmm. and not just every single human being that asks something from us. And that, that right there is a very difficult thing for a lot of my clients to hear, but then they just sit there and shake their head. Like, yeah, yep. You're right. (laughs) Yep. I just needed another person to say it. I know it, but I need to hear it. And there'll be probably someone who listens to this episode of this podcast. When you say that, it's going to be like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Take it in. Throw the whole man away. Let's go. And there'll be that. And you'll never know. And we'll never know. But that one person will be like, that will be their their, going in the other direction moment. If you are that person, let us know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. Twitter. And, you know, another thing that I get to do too, you know, I have this little master's degree in psychology is, you know, there, there's been a lot of years that I've studied people and behaviors and all that stuff and how to rearrange your thought process and how to focus more on things that are more important more important to you or most important to you and taking care of yourself and why we have to take care of ourselves first mm-hmm. you know and and it's literally that that you're in the airplane and the oxygen mask drops and you have to put the oxygen on yourself so you can take care of others you know yep. um and that's you know probably another book somewhere down the line that usually my tarot clients walk away with not just this is what you need to do but hey here's a couple tips and tricks and pointers 
suggestions. Here's how I do this. Here's, you know, what's worked for some of my, my clients in the past. Um, you know, it's not just, Hey, do these things. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I love that because to me, it's, you're empowering them, you know, and you're not just saying like, well, you're screwed, you know, like you're like, okay, this is where the energy's at right now, but here's ways to change it and go in a different direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's interesting to me how many people who are in the uh, the psychology world that are also have this parallel with, with tarot. Uh, a lot of people don't know Carl Jung actually, uh, mainly I think because of archetypes, but was very much into the idea of tarot as, as a way to be intuitive about things. Um, and, oh, what's uh, Timothy Leary uh, got a, a lot of his start early on. Uh, bef- before the psychedelics really took hold, he did a lot of stuff with tarot. There's just a, there's a very long history of the profession that both of you are part of that very much embraces that idea. And I've always thought that that was super interesting. It is really cool. And, you know, tarot is, there's a long history there. So, you know, figures, important figures from our history had to have been involved in it somewhere along the line or else it wouldn't still be around, you know, it, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Plus, you know, the, the cards in and of themselves can be helpful, you know, simply as, okay, today, I, I think I have to have a little bit more Empress energy. You know, I got to be a little more kind and mothering and nurturing um, or, you know, I got to put my, put the hermit card away now. <laughs> the pandemic's <laughs> over. <laughs> um, you know, but the, there's a lot of really important life lessons that, that live in tarot. And you don't even necessarily have to do readings to be able to utilize it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I, I taught a class on journaling with tarot. And because I, I, that whole psychology degree, right? We're supposed to write. Writing makes us feel better. Well, I don't know about you, but when I sit down to write Dear Diary, I still feel like I'm 18 years old and I need to write about my crush, you know? So as an adult woman or man, what do you write about in a diary or a journal every single day? I hate my job. I'm tired. My knee hurts. Like, that gets a little <laughs> redundant, right? So utilizing a tool like tarot you know if you intentionally set your intention to draw a card and take the information that you're getting from that card as your message for the day and running with that you know there's a way of getting messages that you don't need to pay for a tarot reading you can learn it you can carry it with you during the day and then pay attention to repeating patterns you know there's there's so many ways to use it um it doesn't have to be i'm gonna learn tarot so i can sit down and charge people money to tell them about themselves right you know 
Yeah. I mean, it just, it's, it's so much about archetypes and just speaking to like our psyche, you know what I mean? So it's just like a, a tool, like you said before, of how to get that channel flowing and kind of the messages through. And so pick a card and then just journal about it and, and see how it applies to your life and get yeah. the, that deeper level of understanding. Absolutely. Yes. Jonathan and I have um, just started kind of tarot journaling. Um, so he got his first deck recently, a Yay. Twin Peaks deck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twin Peaks is part of how we, we fell down this rabbit hole that we are in right now. Um, so yeah, it's pretty significant for us, but it's, it's been fun because like, you know, every day we're both kind of picking some cards and just talking about it and, you know, looking up the meanings to get, you know, more understanding of what the cards are saying to us. So it, it's been, I think it's been fun. I don't know about you, but yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the, so the deck is called the magician longs to see, and you can tell that the guy who did the art did a lot of talking with Mark Frost uh, because the, the, the imagery is just so spot on for both the 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 stereo archetypal ideas of the specific cars but also deep into the show's mythology as well um it's just every time i I look at it i see another detail that works for both of those things and it's just, it's very very interesting very cool that is very cool and I, that's one of the things that i really appreciated and that i enjoy about the the new blooming popularity i guess of tarot and all the different decks that exist out there um i mean you have stranger things deck you have mm -hmm. you know um of course the friends deck i don't i don't think i'll be able to touch my friends deck for a while um without sobbing like a baby <laughs> Yeah. but um you know i know that they have the like the golden girls deck and so huh. pretty That's much cool. yes it is <laughs> any whatever your thing is there's a tarot deck that goes alongside of it you know yeah um you know and then there's i'm literally looking at you know i have a black cat deck both of my cats are black um you know and i've had a unicorn deck it, it doesn't matter what you're into there's a there's a tarot deck that fits your thing you know <laughs> yeah for every fandom for every interest Absolutely. and i think it, again it speaks to how like universal it is that you could turn friends or you know stranger things into tarot cards like i did definitely did not just google golden girls tarot deck that did not happen <laughs> just now and i'm definitely not ordering it on etsy right now as we speak that's that is not happening i don't care what anyone tells you later on well <laughs> the first tarot class that i taught um one of my girlfriends had brought the golden girls deck and i was like nobody else is touching this this is my deck for the day <laughs> it's, it's fabulous it is that is so funny do you read oracle cards too, or is it just straight tarot? Um, I've never done professional readings with oracle cards. Mm -hmm. Um, I own an oracle deck or thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. 
Um, I'm usually pretty drawn to the ones that have something to do with animals. Um, you know, I work a lot with am- animal symbolism. Um, when I'm going to, when I need guidance for me from me, I usually go to an Oracle deck. Okay. And I think the reason behind that is I have to have that childlike set of eyes and do my research again. Whereas, like I said before, if I pull out my tarot deck, then I usually just call it a bitch and throw it away. Be like, aha, you're funny. You're really funny. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to the Oracle, you know, I don't have any Oracle deck that I use so frequently that I know it without questioning it Mm -hmm. so i it it forces me to be the student again and actually look for the answer um you know that being said louise hay um she put out quite a few really great oracle decks that that i use pretty frequently because we all need that positive energy once in a while you know the, the difference between tarot and oracle is if you want the truth and a kick in the head, you go to tarot. <laughs> and if you want a gentle nudge, you go to oracle. <laughs> I think that's very true. <laughs> that's funny. There are some spicy uh, oracle decks out there, though, that will, will give you a kick every once in a while. I think my sister has one um, from Clip, Baron Reed that she's like i was at her house and i was going to pick that she's like oh that <laughs> one's rough i don't know if you want to pick cards from that um it's funny though i see oracle hmm we should collaborate <laughs> and create this <laughs> there you go <laughs> maybe i can start writing down um my best friend's teenage daughter she writes down quotes from everybody uh <laughs> just randomly like talking she'll, like, she'll start to giggle and then you see her in her phone and i'm like don't quote me on that <laughs> maybe i should start doing that for myself after i do a reading just not having anything to do with the person around me just the the messages that i give to my clients and trying to do yeah. spicy oracle deck <laughs> you totally could it would be awesome i love it <laughs> i love it this has been an amazing conversation oh it's been so much fun Thank you. We really yeah, appreciate you talking with us. All right, my friend. Yeah, no, we're very glad that you were. And I will talk to you soon, okay? Absolutely. All right. Nice Bye. to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Bye. Thank you so much for being here. If you have a strange story you want to share with us, email us at seekerandskeptic at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you soon.